0: Good morning and welcome to Sunday Morning with Love and Action. I am Ken Tuck. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you are having a good weekend. Hope you're having a good Sunday morning. I appreciate you tuning in today. Last week, we talked about what God is doing locally through Love and Action. Talked some about what he did throughout 2021, which was just another incredible year of ministry. And we talked about some things that we're looking forward to this year in 2022, Never know everything that God's going to do. Usually only know just a very tiny amount, if that. He'll give us a heads up at times. But uh, we do know he's going to do more awesome things this year. And we just, we're so excited about what God is going to do. I really believe this is going to be a strategic year. I've mentioned that before. I've mentioned that at Love and Action towards the end of the year. Just felt like God was saying that. My pastor, Ralph Sigler at Harvest Church, he's talked about that. So it's just like God's confirming his word that 2022 is very strategic. And what all that means, I couldn't tell you at this point. But I do know that he wants us to strategically and purposely be about His business, and here at Love and Action, we are all about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, Great Commission that He gives us. We're going to talk about that today, and we're going to talk about what God is doing internationally through Love and Action because we are an international ministry. A lot of you know us because of what we do locally, which is what we do a lot of, is locally. But we are blessed to be in eight other countries working with indigenous pastors there. We're going to talk about that this morning, and we're just excited about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And before we get into his word, before we talk about what God is doing throughout this world, let's go to our Heavenly Father in prayer. Father God, we, God, we just want to say thank you. You are so awesome, and you so, are so worthy of all of our praise, honor, and glory. Father, you are just simply incredible. And we thank you for each and every day that you give us. Lord, as we are into this new year, Lord, there's always an excitement at the beginning of the of the year. Last year and coming into this year, there's a lot of hesitancy because of what's been going on with the coronavirus and how it seems like a new variant keeps popping up. But Lord, whatever's going on, let us keep our faith grounded, securely grounded on the solid rock, Christ Jesus. Let us stay focused on you, knowing that whatever comes our way, whether it's good, whether it's bad, we can know that you're with us and we can make it through anything. Lord, we've made it through a lot and only because of you. So Father, we just thank you for what you have planned for this year. We thank you for the strategic, that that word strategic strategic about 2022. And Lord, I I just believe that means you want us to strategically be about your business and not only planning, but implementing your great commission more and more and more. And Lord, whatever else you show us this year, may we be obedient. Father, every time I read the book of Acts, I see how your people were so obedient. No matter what you told them to do, they would do it and amazing things would take place. So Lord, help us to be obedient, just like that first church was, just like the first believers were after Jesus died and rose from the grave. And we thank you, Jesus, that you did. You did die. You did die on that cross for our sins. You paid the price that we could not pay. We deserve to be on that cross. I deserve to be on that cross. But you took the punishment. You took the wrath of God in our place. And then on the third day, God, you raised Jesus back to life And so all who believe can have eternal life. And I pray this morning that anyone listening, they don't know you as their Savior and Lord. I pray today is their day of salvation, that they give their lives to you. I thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul. I thank you for forgiving me. And I thank you for the eternal life that you've given me and given all who believe. And Lord, you want us all to come to you. So Father, just pray that as we read your word this morning, as we talk about what you're doing, God, that your word will go forth and it will accomplish what it sets out to do. Lord, you tell us that. Lord, I just pray you'll touch hearts this morning. Holy Spirit, continue to open up eyes of each and every person's heart to see the truth of the gospel and to come to you, Jesus. So, Father, we again thank you. Lord, we thank you for this radio station. Continue to bless the ministry of the Joy FM, Father God. We continue to pray for provision at each and every turn. God, thank you for how you take care of love and action. And, Lord, at every turn, Lord, you provide. It's just awesome, Father God, to see. Well, Lord, we're just praying for more and more souls to come into the kingdom this year, locally here in Dothan, throughout the Wiregrass area, and around the world. Father, we Bless our brothers and sisters around the world. Keep them safe in your hands and continue to encourage them and lift them up and continue to work through them, we pray. And those who are persecuted for your name's sake, may their faith grow ever stronger. And I pray that for all of us. We all need our faith to be stronger. And Lord, for those who are persecuting you, I pray for their salvation. Father, we love you. We praise you and we thank you. And Holy Spirit, we ask you now to teach us. And it's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Before I start talking about all that God is doing through love and action around this world, let me tell you why we go around the world and share the gospel throughout the world. First of all, and most importantly of all, Jesus tells us to. He is so clear in his commands to go into the whole world and preach his gospel. We have the Great Commission in two places, Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20, where he's talking to the disciples after he has died, risen from the grave, and is about to ascend to heaven. This word to the disciples is to all disciples, not just the ones at that time who became the apostles. This is to all of us who are believers. He says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given unto me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit." teaching them to obey all that I've commanded you, and I am with you always to the end of the age. So when he tells us to go into all nations, he's not talking about specifically the United States or Germany or China. He's not talking about that kind of nations. That word nations is translated from the Greek word ethne, and that means ethnic. So he's talking about ethnic groups. People groups is what you often will will hear it called. So it's the different ethnic groups all around the world. He's telling us to go. And when you look at the different ethnic groups around the world, 3.2 billion people in this world, that's 40% of the world's population, have not heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. They are unreached with the gospel, and they have very little, if any, opportunities to hear the word. He tells us to go through all of them. So we have a lot of work to do because 40% of this population in the world has not heard the gospel. So that's why we go. We go and we reach unreached people groups by working with our indigenous pastors, brothers and sisters in other countries. Mark chapter 16 verse 15 is the Great Commission again. And Jesus said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. So again, Jesus saying go. He doesn't say sit. He says go. To be a Christian, to be a follower of Christ is a very active lifestyle. It's not one that you just kind of sit back and take it easy and say, okay, I've got my ticket punched for heaven. I'm good to go. That's not what it's about. Well, let me rephrase that. It is about going to heaven by believing in Jesus because that is the awesome promise Jesus gives us. But that's not the lifestyle of a believer in Jesus. A lifestyle of a follower of Christ is very active, and his word is very clear on that. And he is all about world evangelism. That's what the Great Commission is about. You read Acts chapter 1, verse 8, where, again, he's talking to the disciples, and he's about to ascend to heaven at that moment. And he says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to all the earth. Until the end of the age, he's talking about he's with us always to the end of the age that we'll receive power. He's commissioned us to go. We have every tool that we need to go. And again, he's very clear. He says we'll receive power. We receive the Holy Spirit and the primary reason for that. And there's different gifts of the Spirit that the Holy Spirit gives us. But the primary reason is to be his witnesses and to go and make disciples. And so he empowers us through his Holy Spirit to do that. And Acts 1-8 is so clear about why we receive the power of the Holy Spirit, because we are to be his witnesses. And what is a witness? You have seen something. You have experienced something, so you can talk about it. It's like the apostles when after Jesus died, rose again, ascended to heaven, they started preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, and they were brought before the very people who condemned Jesus to death. But yet, they had the boldness of the Holy Spirit in them. And they told the Sanhedrin, the Jewish leaders, again, they were the ones who brought the charges against Jesus that put him on the cross. Those disciples said, look, you can beat us all you want to, you can do what you want to do to us, but we cannot help but to talk about what we have seen and what we have heard. And they did. They went about all their lives doing that, and each one of them, they lost their lives because of, of that. Except we know John, he lived to be an old age, but he went through a whole lot. Being boiled in oil, that's not very much fun. He went through a lot of tortures and persecution as well. But they lived the life. They were examples of what followers of Christ are supposed to be like. Read the book of Acts, and you see others in there who are true followers of Jesus Christ. And they followed him to the very end. And because of their faithfulness, their dedication, the gospel continued to grow, continued to spread, And we have it today because they were not afraid to proclaim Jesus, even though they were right there surrounded by the ones who put Jesus to death. The Romans persecuted them unrelentlessly. It was horrible what the Romans did. But you know what? There are Christians throughout this world today who go through so much persecution and even to the point of their lives being taken because of their faith in Jesus Christ. But they will not waver just like the disciples and the early church did not waver. That's how we have to be. Our brothers and sisters overseas have very little to no resources to proclaim the gospel. And that's another reason why we come alongside of them and help them to reach these unreached people groups in their countries right where they're at. And we do that, and I use that phrase, we come alongside them. We're not telling them what to do and how to do it, because you know what? I don't know their cultures. I I know bits and pieces of the cultures of the countries that we're in, but I can't speak the language, and I don't know everything about their culture. They do, and so they know how to reach the people. We come alongside to help them reach the people for Jesus Christ, and it has been amazing. It's been since twenty. 11 was actually mine and Martha's first overseas mission trip, and that was to Ecuador at an orphanage right on the edge of the rainforest. And we were hooked at that point. I mean, we saw the opportunities to share the gospel with those who haven't heard, because we even took a plane out into the rainforest. Uh, you, You couldn't get there any other way except by a small plane landing in a field that was cut out. and They cut the trees away so you could land. And we saw that there are people around this world who have never heard the gospel. And then we started going to other countries after that. in 2013 was our trip to Haiti. And that was actually my first week of full-time ministry. I had just stepped down as editor of the Dothan Eagle. And my first week of ministry was that Christmas, that Christmas week in 2013, when we went to Haiti. Oh, the best Christmas ever. And we saw Jesus do phenomenal things from a voodoo priestess coming to the Lord. I had the privilege to baptize her and she asked us to burn all of her voodoo paraphernalia we did that but we just saw god do so many things there in haiti and again we just got hooked on spreading the gospel overseas and then god opened up doors to the philippines and myanmar india nepal pakistan china and now thailand so there's eight countries in all there's seven in asia god has just really called us to asia and the thing is i never thought much about going to asia to be honest, i didn't think anything about going to asia to be honest with you until god touched my heart and he opened doors to asia and we just love the people in asia they're just phenomenal people beautiful people and they need jesus and we haven't traveled in a couple of years now because of the pandemic. But as soon as those doors open up, we will travel again. But the great thing is we don't have to be there for the gospel to spread because God has connected us with indigenous pastors, indigenous missionaries who carry out the work. And again, we come alongside them and we know these brothers and sisters and we love them we are just so honored to be living this life together with them, proclaiming the gospel around the world. And I just want to talk just a little bit about what we're doing in each country and how God is moving through love and action in these countries. And if God touches your heart to be a part of this, then I I encourage you to just jump in. And how do you just jump in? Well, finances are the big thing finances is what we need to continue to get the job done overseas as well as here locally. But overseas, there's so much to do. And you can definitely please pray. Pray for our brothers and sisters in these other countries. Pray for the lost, the unreached, that they will come to Jesus. And when we do start going on trips again, come with us. It's just life changing. If you've never been on a mission trip to another country, you need to. And don't say, well, well, I don't have money. I can't go. We've all been there. I saw God take a homeless man who was illiterate, who was a drunk. I saw God save that man and work through him to lead many people right here locally to Jesus. And then I saw God take him to Haiti with us. That's Rick Denny, my awesome brother who is in heaven with Jesus now. But we served Jesus together in Haiti And after God did a miraculous healing in Rick's body, where he wasn't supposed to walk again, but he walked. And we walked up a mountain in Haiti to proclaim the gospel. God took him to Africa on a medical mission. He wasn't a doctor or a nurse, but they wanted somebody to talk to people about Jesus, so Rick went. So see, God took a man who was homeless, illiterate. At that time, he was a drunk, and then he just totally transformed Rick's life, and sent them to two different countries. So nobody can tell me that you can't go because I've seen God do too many things in people's lives. If he wants you there, he'll make the way. So don't limit God is what I'm trying to say. The country of Myanmar is a tiny, I mean, small country in Southeast Asia between China and India, two massive countries. And it borders Thailand as well. And about 40 million people in that country have not heard Jesus. That it's just incredible. That's about 92 or so percent of the population, they have not heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. God connected us with some wonderful brothers over there, and we sponsor a orphanage. It's called the Gopi Home, and there's 12 precious children in that orphanage right now, despite a country that is embroiled in military conflicts because the military took over the government, a country that's been shut down time and time again because of the pandemic, just not safe. These children are because God has given them this wonderful place. And our brother, Pastor Young, and his wife, Runpar do an incredible job taking care of these children, teaching them about Jesus. They're getting education. They're eating well each and every day, and most of all, they're loved. When we were there with the children, it was just so evident how much they're loved, and it's just awesome seeing them grow up in Christ, and they're going to change the cycle of people who don't know Jesus there, because they're gonna experience Jesus as they grow up, and they're gonna be able to tell others about what Jesus had done in their lives. There's also a Christian college there in Yangon, Myanmar, that we sponsor fully. It's called Grace Theological College. I don't think of big buildings like Auburn and University of Alabama or Troy. This is a very humble facility that's made of what's called light material it's bamboo and plywood we've been able to to do some upgrades with with some metal some tin and help make it stronger but it's still it's very humble but these students there's 20 of them there go for four years and they get an incredible education incredible education in ministry these students when they graduate they go back out into a country That is unreached with the gospel of Jesus Christ, prepared and ready to lead people to Christ and ready to disciple them. We've taught discipleship to the students before when we've been over there, uh, teaching them training for trainers, T for T, and that's part of their curriculum now. We have a wonderful brother who is a graduate from GTC, uh, Brother Solomon, and he's in the rural areas reaching people for Christ. He and his wife and family, they are reaching people who have never heard Jesus and most of them are Buddhist, and they haven't heard about Jesus, and people are coming to the Lord, and it's just exciting. And we've been blessed to see people come to the Lord there in Myanmar. Matter of fact, there's this one gentleman. I remember when I went, Martha and I went into this little house, just like a hut, and it was just, floor was just packed full of people sitting on the floor, waiting to hear the gospel. And when me and this guy, when our eyes connected, it was like the Holy Spirit said, He's going to come to Jesus today. And you know what? He did. And about three years later, that gentleman died. But he went to heaven. He was such a faithful servant of God when he gave his life to the Lord. And he lived for Jesus those those several years after he came to the Lord. So I know he's in heaven today. That just encourages me even more to want to go out and reach more and more people who have never heard the gospel. There's also a church called Harvest Church Myanmar that we sponsor, and they do a wonderful job of teaching and preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it's just a lot of great ministry goes on in Myanmar. We are also in Pakistan, Uh, Pakistani pastors there. They are under so much persecution. It's just unreal what they go through, but they go through it because they know Jesus is worth it. And we're able to, to help sponsor some pastors We have a couple of love and action Bible schools over there. So pastors and missionary brothers and sisters there can grow more in their relationship with God and learn more of his word, become more and more disciples who can go out and make disciples. We're able to help meet a small amount of medical needs with people in certain villages where our pastors are at. And that's a huge blessing. And to provide motorcycles. Because in these countries that I'm talking about, Pakistan, India, Nepal, Philippines, and so forth, there's not much mode of transportation that goes out into the hinterlands, if you will, that goes out into the rural areas, and they, they'll just walk. They'll take days, and they'll walk to these villages. So when we we're able to provide motorcycles for them, then they're able to get to these villages quicker. Their ministry is a lot more effective. They reach a lot more people. To see these pastors' reaction when they receive a motorcycle is just phenomenal. It's just awesome. It's like here in the U.S. if somebody gave you your dream car or your dream pickup truck, how you would react, that's their reaction. And even more, it's just an awesome thing to be able to do to get the word out more and more to more and more people who don't know Jesus. So a lot of wonderful things going on in Pakistan. Schools for children who have no opportunity to go to school And then they learn about Jesus while they're at these schools. So just wonderful things are going on in Pakistan. India, the same thing as Pakistan. Motorcycles are so much in need there. And so we're able to provide some motorcycles to our brothers brothers there. And last year, we were able to build a church thanks to a local church here in the Wiregrass who gave so we could build that church. In most of these places, we encourage house churches uh, because that's just a, a quicker way and a more intimate way for churches to grow, but also in a lot of areas, it's the safest way. But in some areas, it is good to be able to build a church where more and more people can come to. And so we were able to do that, even though India is a very tough place to be a christian matter of fact it's number 10 on the list of toughest places in the world to be a christian but these pastors are doing incredible work again going out to rural mountain areas and reaching people for jesus and we're able to help provide food for those who are hungry which there's a lot of people in India who are hungry. And so to be able to help meet those needs, like we do here at Love and Action, we help people with vital needs of food, and then that opens the door to share Jesus with them. And so that's what we do overseas as well. The country of Nepal, again, a very small country, but so many people who are unreached with the gospel of Jesus Christ. They are in the Himalayas. So you've heard of Mount Everest, the tallest mountain in the world. That's the Himalayas, that whole mountain range. And it's just filled with little villages all over those mountains, and our brothers and sisters there, they go out and they reach these people. And these are people that are totally unreached because there's no Christians around there. There's no opportunity to get a Bible to just happen upon a church. That's not how it is there in Nepal. So to go into these rural villages and to proclaim the gospel is tough, but it's also exciting. These pastors, friends of ours, they are awesome, and they do a phenomenal work. And this past couple of years, year and a half, we've been able to do a lot of disaster relief work over there because of a lot of flooding they've had and also because the pandemic has shut that country down more than pretty much any other country that I know of or at least that we're involved in. So people are just literally starving to death, so to be able to get food to them. And as Christians bring food into these villages, people say, hey, I want to hear about this Jesus because nobody else helped us, but you did. And so just a lot of people have come, thousands of people have come to the Lord through those disaster relief efforts and through those food ministries, those food programs that we're able to do over there. We've been in the Philippines since 2012. The work that's done there is just unbelievable. I mean, our brothers and sisters in the Philippines are some of the most wonderful people you will ever meet in your life on the island of Mindanao, which is an island that has been in turmoil forever, I guess. There's a lot of Muslim there on that island, terrorists, you know, the extremists, and we have seen people come to the Lord. Martha and I even saw a Muslim imam come to the Lord. That's like a pastor and a Muslim in a mosque come to Jesus when we shared the gospel in a a rural area in the Philippines. And we've seen Muslims come to the Lord. It's just awesome what God is doing in that whole area. And our brothers and sisters there do a phenomenal job of going out and reaching people. And in some of the most remote areas on that island and matter of fact good haitian brother of ours and y'all have heard him on this program before pierre lucian pierre and i went out to a mountainous village in the philippines and we were the first foreign missionaries to ever step foot in that village and there was a, a trek getting there walking through two rivers and i mean literally through them and going over a mountain to get there but man when we got there and preached the gospel and saw those people come to jesus and they got to baptize some of them. It was just phenomenal. So in the Philippines, we are supporting local indigenous pastors and missionaries. Uh, We've planted a lot of churches over the past, going on 10 years now, and house churches, but as well as, as church buildings. And again, we're talking bamboo, tin roofs, very humble churches, but that's life there in the Philippines. Just to be honest with you, some of the best services Martha and I have ever been a part of have been under banana trees and coconut trees there in in the Philippines and in, in Haiti and in some of these other countries. You, you don't need a building to proclaim the gospel but it is good as we know to have a place to meet so that's why we've we've been able to start a lot of house churches and build a lot of churches in the Philippines and we also have been able to start schools in the Philippines because again children they have no opportunity to to receive an education and we believe education helps turn the cycle of poverty around and then these children also hear about Jesus. And many families, entire families have been saved through those schools. And so we just praise God for that. In Thailand, we have two wonderful people there who we love dearly, Jim and Keith Landley from right here in Dothan. They were in Myanmar when the pandemic hit. They were in Myanmar as missionaries living in country. And so they had to come out. And of course, they haven't been able to get back into Myanmar because of the military coup that's taken place and the pandemic as well. But they're in Thailand now and they're reaching unreached people groups. They are making disciples and teaching people how to make disciples. And just a lot of incredible work is going on there. They're going into mountainous regions as well, small villages and proclaiming the gospel to unreached people groups. So they are just doing doing a wonderful job. We miss them. We miss them here in Dothan. But we are so thankful that they are doing what God has called them to do, and they just go nonstop. They just love Jesus so much and and just want to see people come to the Lord and to make disciples. I've learned so much about discipleship from Jim, uh, just an incredible man of God who is a phenomenal teacher as well. And then Haiti, come back to our side of the world, and Haiti is just I tell you, that's that's a wonderful place to go for a mission trip, a short-term mission trip. And if you ever get a chance to go, go with Give Us Hope Mission, who's out of Dothan. Brother Pierre and his wife Lori Lucian lead that ministry. And they do incredible work in Haiti. We're seeing people, in, again, in mountainous regions. God just keeps drawing us to the mountains, doesn't he? These mountainous regions are hard to reach. Like I said, I mentioned earlier that Brother Rick and I, And others had to walk up a mountain. In some of these places, you can't drive a vehicle up. You might can get a motorcycle up there, but a lot of them you have to walk. And so people are being reached. Um, Schools have been built. Churches have been built. uh, Water, fresh water supply has, has been provided in places as well. People who are literally starving to death are being fed. But most importantly, people are coming to the Lord. So we're just excited to be a part of what God is doing there as well there's just so much more I can talk about, about what God is doing around the world. But I just want you to know we are dedicated to the Great Commission because we're dedicated to Jesus Christ and that's the command that he gives us. Uh, Well, there's many commands. We just talked about the 50 commands of Christ for 17 weeks, but that's one of our commands is the Great Commission that Jesus gives us. And so if you're interested in what we're doing overseas or if you're interested in what we're doing locally, I encourage you to go to our website at loveinactionministries.com, loveinactionministries.com, and check out what we're doing locally and around the world because it's just a great landing spot to learn more and more about love and action. And we got to end it right here. But thank you. Thank you for joining me today. Just know that Jesus loves you and that he's with you, and I encourage you to be a great commission Christian. May God bless you and keep you, may cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you, may lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.